All right, you gotta. Can you talk? Can I talk? Yes, I can talk. All right, one sec. Do you want me to talk more? Can you talk? Yep, talking, talking. All right, I can hear you now. Sick. Um. You okay over there? I'm worried about you. I'm flustered easily. <laughs> Noted. I now have the cold open for our podcast. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Blister Podcast, Gear 30. I'm Jonathan Ellsworth, the founder of Blister. And as always, you can check us out online at blisterreview.com. Today I'm talking with the founder of ON3P Skis, Scott Andrus, about their new 1819 lineup. And in a move that represents a pretty significant break from the norms of the ski industry, ON3P's new line is actually getting rolled out early next month. So I talked to Scott about this decision to do a full new line release in early April, and then he and I run through every ski in the ON3P line. We cover what's new, what comes back unchanged, and what's so new and different and experimental that Scott didn't even want to talk about it here. But I got him to anyway. So you're going to hear today about the new Magnus 102, the new metal Renegades that are currently in development, the possibility of an ON3P monoski and or snowblade, and you'll learn which ON3P ski has a picture of one of Scott's cats on it. And then near the end, we break some news about a new ski that's in the works, the St. Lucas, which is a ski that sure sounds like it's going to go get pretty weird. So yeah, Scott and I really do cover it all, and a whole lot of information gets distilled here over the course of a good conversation. And if you'd like to catch a sneak peek of all of the ON3P graphics, check out the show notes to this episode on Blister. Oh, but if you're wondering where the new Jesse graphics are, well, just listen to this conversation. Before we get started, just a quick reminder that a whole crew of Blister reviewers is heading to Telluride tomorrow to test a bunch of new skis, and we're extremely psyched to be getting back to that mountain. So if you'd like to join us, we're going to be meeting up at 1 p.m. just outside of Wagner Custom in Mountain Village. If you'd like to come take some laps with us, or else you can come join us for an operate drink at the Peaks Bar and Restaurant at 5 p.m. on Saturday. So get yourself to Telluride and come meet up with us. And if you can't do that this weekend, we're going to be doing this all over again the following weekend too. And now let's get to my conversation with the head honcho of ON3P, Scott Andrus. Scott Andrus, how are you today? I, I am good. <laughs> I'm dealing with a little bit of uh, drama at the factory, unfortunately, but uh, otherwise we're we're good. We're just uh, working on 2018 skis, trying to close out 2018 and getting ready for our April ski release. Yeah, your April ski release. Uh, so this is part of the reason uh, why we wanted to talk to you now. Um, but you guys are doing something pretty different here, right? Um, say more about this April ski <clears throat> release. Um, yeah, we're... We're releasing our line in full uh, in early April um, to order. It's looking like most of the freestyle line will be in stock uh, with the directional line, Renegades and such, 
shipping later that month. And um, yeah, kind of, we kind of just want to do our own thing. Um, you know, we've kind of played by the industry's timeline for a long time, going to SIA and releasing our skis in late January and then starting to sell them in September. Um, and a couple of years of that kind of got old. And I kind of think it's dumb to release skis in January. You can't buy for eight months. So we're trying to do our own schedule. Hmm. Um, and that starts with releasing skis in April. Hmm. So you are pretty well known, I think, as a tinkerer. And you like to think about designs, tweak designs, shift stuff up quite a bit. So I think this is going to be a, a very informative conversation uh, to a, for a lot of people, <clears throat> it, myself included. But that's what I wanted to do today is just kind of walk through this 1819 lineup. So yeah, why don't we get started here and literally just go through the entire line? Um, I'd love to hear you uh, talk about the cartel series, what's new, what's different, what's not different, etc. Sure. Um, and a quick note on the tinkering, and I'm trying to tinker slower, <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, so the, the cartel line, um, it's back pretty similar to what it was this year. The biggest change is that we dropped the cartel 98 down to 96. Um, 108 is back. And then the 116, the powder variant, uh, stays the same. So um, we dropped the width down. We kind of felt that mid-90s is kind of where um, that ski is really ideal for, you know, more harder snow, more East Coast skiing. Um, the 98 to 102 range we kind of feel is a bit of a compromise and kind of a do-everything. Um, and we're finding mostly, uh, you know, our customer base knows what they want in width. And um, we could target a little more specifically by going to a skinnier width on the 96. And then um, the other change we've worked in is that we've gone away from the elliptical side cut on the 96 and the 108. And we're now doing what we're calling a hybrid side cut. Um, so it retains the elliptical in the front, uh, but we've moved to a bi-radius standard radius in the tail. Um, the biggest thing there is that it, it, holds the turn shape a little more consistently and the tail hooks a little less for most of our cartel customers that won't be noticed, but for the guys who are transitioning from a directional ski to a more progressive mounted ski, uh, it frees up the tail a little more. Hmm. So, and you're really going to say that the cartel 108 comes back completely unchanged. Well, it, it, so we did tweak the side cut. Um, <laughs> uh -huh. yeah, but it's, it's, pretty similar like okay you know 99 so most people won't notice a change um we do have some customers who take a while getting used to the more progressive mount and those customers will find the tail releases a little easier now do you have a good sense of how much time the cartels are seeing in parks these days uh the 98 is seeing a lot of time yeah um a lot of our team is skiing the 98 as their park ski. Um, we have two or three athletes that ski the 108. It, um, we have a new ski coming out in the Magnus line that's going to decrease that for both those skis. Uh, part of that is so we can 
push the the branding in the direction of the cartel line a little more all mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, team wise, um, Magnus and Cartel ninety eight are about even right now, so they're both both used quite a bit. Okay, um, I guess we might as well jump to the Magnus. Uh, tell us what's going on under the Magnus name. Uh, so the newest thing with the Magnus is we've introduced a 102 width. So we retain the 90 um, as, as it currently is. And then we've introduced 102 sort of as that uh, wider, a little more West Coast kind of park ski. That's um, what most of us at the factory would be skiing park now versus the 90. And uh, you get a little more stability um, it's a pretty ripping all mountain ski. And then, uh, it's going to let us kind of direct the cartel line a little more all mountain. One of the things we, we struggled with at times is that you're trying to sell a cartel 98, which is a great all mountain ski, uh, to someone who only sees, uh, content coming from the park. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to, you're having to convince people of its all mountain abilities. So this will let us separate the lines a little bit from a, from a sales standpoint and direct, customers to a more specific model. How would you describe the primary differences sort of b- between sort of the, those skinnier cartels and a Magnus 102? So the, the Magnus retains the elliptical side cut and it's a tighter radius. So if you're more carby and you want to be a little forward in the mount, so the, the Magnus 90 is still dead center, the Magnus 102 is designed at minus two throughout the whole range. Um, you'll be more suited for a more balanced ski. If you want something that's a little more aggressive all mountain that you can push a little harder then one of the cartel variants is going to be the better option. Um, the, the other thing is the Magnuses are coming detuned for park, mm-hmm. which I'm sure will present some issues along the way. Um, but you know, we're selling them as a park specific jib specific ski. So we felt we should offer them from the factory ready to go. Yeah, that's actually pretty cool. I think that's uh, a good idea. And I think it's good to sort of be <clears throat> s- sending stuff out ready to go, um, you know, and, and part of that is knowing your audience there. So I think yeah, that makes there's, sense. There's a big lack of education on how to maintain and prep park skis right now. Hmm. And a lot of the, you know, I, I can count the number of times on one hand, I've seen a ski that was detuned by a customer that was done properly. Um you know, just a, a gummy stone on an edge is not prepping a ski for rails hmm. and most people don't know how to do it. So th- this is the first year we started doing it in-house on the Magnus and then we'll bring that over to the Magnus 102 next year. You know how we prefer to uh, detune skis, right? Uh, rocks? <laughs> is it well, rocks? You, I, I got a, we received commentary from you when we had thrown up like an Instagram story of Oh, Sam Shaheen sliding rails on the dictator 4.0. If we want to get a little dark here, the analogy you used, which I don't think I will ever forget. We, I don't when, remember. Yeah, we we all were just dying, but you were said something like sliding rails to detune a ski is like drowning a baby to get it to stop crying. Uh, that sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, that's how most skis are detuned. Mm. Yeah. So that conveys my feelings on it. (laughs) Yeah. 
<clears throat> so yeah, noted. We we won't uh, we won't detune O and three P skis on rails. Um, well, cool. Let's. Um, well, and actually, I should say. I mean, we're uh, one of our reviewers is currently putting time on the Magnus one hundred and two. Um, incredibly curious to hear what he comes back uh, and has to say on that. But um, that that work is underway. Um, we are also are getting time uh, on that. The current cartel 108. Um, we're going to be getting on the new Ren 108 uh, in a couple days here in Telluride. So, um, anyway, so that said, let's go to the Renegade line because I think, again, there's been uh, quite a bit of curiosity about or, and questions about what stayed the same, what's different. So, take it away. Um, so, Reflecting the same changes on the cartel line, the, the skinny Ren is now 96. We've cut the 88 entirely, which was sad, especially since you guys gave it such glowing reviews. Mm. But uh, our market doesn't respond too well to 88 wasted skis. Um, so we just weren't seeing a lot of sales there. Uh, so, And then we, uh, we brought back a wide Ren, which I know the TGR crowd will be happy to see. Um, that's at 114. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're now 96, 108, 114. The radiuses on everything went down about a meter of ski. So we're just under 27 meters on an 84 Ren 108. Um, and then the, the biggest change in actual performance is probably going to be we stiffened uh, the skis, the forebody of all the Rens. Um, you know, so we're talking, you know, a couple tenths of a millimeter mm-hmm. uh, in pretty you know, strategic spots, but it gives the ski a lot more, you know, a little more high end speed, uh, a little more power through the turn. And so those, those changes within the line, I think are a little more suited to that ski. Um, you know, you and I have talked a little bit about the rocker profile. We're pretty aggressive with rocker. Yep. And I think that the, the flex changes with the rocker profile are going to be, you know, keep a lot of the maneuverability we really want, but uh, give us a little more performance on the high end. Yep. So I'm excited for those. Yeah. Likewise. Um, yeah. And I still, I, uh, it's still kind of, I think a pretty fun thing that I, right. So I'm just coming back after this, uh, you know, whole breaking my neck thing back in July. And so we, I'd had just a couple days, uh, ski touring, um, where I basically wanted to click into bindings again and, you know, remember how to put ski boots on that kind of thing. So I'd done that a few times, uh, prior to Telluride, but, uh, my very first day of kind of real skiing back since, since nearly dying, uh, was actually heli skiing. And I had a number of wide skis to choose from. And honestly, I kind of went back and forth on what to take that day, but, I thought given where we were going to be skiing and all the rest like that Renegade 114 made the, made the most sense. So uh, I realized kind of more in hindsight how funny it sounds to be like, oh yeah, I, I got back to skiing again and first day was like heli skiing on the Ren 114. Yeah, that's um, a big, big ski for your first day. <laughs> so, but so far so good. And, and uh, you know, I, I did, I've done two days on it, one day heli skiing, one day inbounds of Telluride and and I'm looking forward to uh, getting on it again this next trip before I start talking too much. But um, 
yeah, so far so good on that. I guess the other thing with the wrens that everyone's going to ask is that we are testing metal wrens now. Mm-hmm. Um, the you know that's all I'm going to say for now. It's going to be a while before they're out, and we're probably right now. It looks like we'll offer both variants, um, but you know it's pretty early early in the process right now to say too much on on the performance and other that they're 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 very stable. So, <laughs> yeah. so, and just to clarify, when you say we're going to offer both variants, meaning it, it look, you're, you're intending to offer the wrens in their current construction and then also in this metal construction. Is that correct? correct. The whole line? Yeah, the whole line. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see on the wide end, yeah. um, on the functionality end, but for sure the two skinny variants. Um, you know, the 108, you know, which is our primary test bed for the Ren, that's what we're testing right now. And, uh, you know, dialing in the flex has kind of been the first process right now. Um, they're stable. That's the feedback. Hmm. They're very stable. So I think, you know, there's a sort of obsession with metal on the directional end right now. And, you know, if I were building skis with, um, you know, balsa or super light cores or, you know, even popular Aspen, I would probably be much more in tune with with metal. But since we're still running 100% bamboo, okay. um, you know, we've never felt it's needed. And I still think, you know, based on the feedback I'm getting early that, you know, most skiers who aren't, you know, are just normal skiers, I think would probably benefit more from the stock brand. Um, but we'll, we'll have a metal variant for the guys who are really, you know, really needing a ski that's highly stable. So, hmm. yeah. so how many, let's just focus in on the Renegade 108. Uh, how many <clears throat> actual prototypes do you think you'll build before settling on a final iteration? Um, well, we're on profile two right now, so it's still early, Yep. Uh, but the feedback is good and, the the next step is to start varying the metal shape and that's a rabbit hole that could take a while. So, yep. um, you know, I mean, we're not reinventing the wheel as far as putting metal in a ski. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we've, we've got a lot of other skis to kind of see how they've done it, what their framework was. Um, and then our own ideas as far as, you know, insetting it, you know, so we're insetting right into the core. So it's flush with the core and, yeah, I mean, it will take at least two or three more, I think, before, you know, I mean, we, you know, we're trying to replicate a profile we already have. Yep. So um, it'd be easier than starting from scratch. And, uh, you know, I think already from profile one to profile two, we got a lot closer. So interesting. Yeah. That's going to be an interesting thing to watch. Um... Then the, the fun part now is sourcing the metal. Because. Mm. Yeah, not a lot of Tetanol suppliers around. Uh, so um, I'm actually, you know, Luke from Owen and I are probably going in together on the metal purchase because it's pretty hard to get. So, hmm. yeah, it's been interesting. Yeah, I mean, there, you know, Luke was on. Uh, I don't remember a week or two ago, and they're working on some metal skis. Um, I looked like the guys at. Um, parlor skis are doing some stuff now uh with metal construction so it's interesting like it feels like 
you know, a very short time ago, there was a question about like, how come there's a number of indie ski manufacturers not using Tetanol? And suddenly it feels like we're in a, living in a Tetanol world where there's going to be a lot more options available kind of in that category than there used to be. Yeah. I mean, you know, and Pete from Wagner's used it for a while. Mm-hmm. I, I can tell you the hardest hump for us is getting it mm-hmm. in volume. So, um, so far the manufacturing end has been relatively easy. So no, knock on wood, no problems there. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so far bonding and, and, you know, working with it's been pretty easy. So. Hmm. Um, women's skis. Let's talk about the Jesse series. What's going on there? Uh, s- similar to the cartels, we uh, we did drop the skinny Jesse, so the 88's gone. We've gone to 96, 108, 96 being the everyday, 108 being the powder variant. Um, they're getting the same matching hybrid side cut as the cartel line, and there's still a work in progress on the graphics. The only thing I can report now is the snakes are gone. <laughs> That's all I, that's the extent at which the graphics, we are, we are working hard to finish the graphics, but, uh, snakes are no more. We, uh, uh, it would be, um, fun to publish (laughs) our series of exchanges about, uh, snakes on the Jessies. Um, but we're, we're not going to do that, but we've had uh, a few or a bunch of very interesting conversations about Jesse graphics uh, over the last couple of months. So I, I am very much looking forward to seeing how those turn out. It, uh, yeah, I mean, I would say, I mean, obviously the majority of people hate the snakes. So, <laughs> but not everyone hates the snakes. We've actually had women who like the snakes because they don't like snakes and they want to ski that, that pushes them, I guess. So, mm. um, and I think I had told you I had been jokingly saying that they're large worms. But, yeah. uh, yeah, no, they're, they're on their way out. Um, what is replacing them has been a bit of a struggle. So mm-hmm. we'll get, we'll get there soon. Obviously we're on a timetable now to, uh, get the skis, yeah. skis finished up. So, um, yeah. So other than that, I mean, the other, other women's ski right now, that's, you know, it's on our radar. We'll see if we can fit it in. would be a women's billy goat. And, you know, we used to offer that in a, in a 66 and 76. So, um, if we can make it work this year, we'd like to add that in. Um, you know, it's just going to be a question of volume if we can, we can justify bringing it back. Cause it's going to, you know, it'll be a low volume ski. So, yeah. And so let's go ahead and talk about the Billy goat. Then when you say, what were the lengths you just mentioned for a women's Billy goat? We used to do a sixty six seventy six. It would be a sixty four seventy four. Okay. Two ski women's Billy Goat line. And would so. it would it be simply the like the Billy Goat, but offered in shorter lengths, or would you be tweaking it out in different ways aside from just offering it the you know the ski in, in shorter it would shorter be, models? It, it would just be a shorter Billy Goat. I mean, yep. in, in those type of skis, there's really no separation between you know they're all size specific. It's not. Yep. men or women specific really. So, and, you know, and that's true of the Jesse line too. I mean, if we're at a demo day and cartels are out, we'll put men on Jesse's all the time because they're very close. So, um, you know, and vice versa. So, um, 
yeah, I mean, it would it would just be I, I don't even know if it'd be branded differently at this point. It would just be a shorter Billy Goat variant. Yep. Um, the waist width goes down when we do that. I mean, you'd probably step down to one fourteen and a seventy four and one twelve and a and a sixty four, hmm. just because you know you don't need skis that wide when you're getting that short. They get really boxy. Hmm. Um, but uh, you know, it's definitely on our radar. So okay, hopefully we can make it happen. Um. Billy Goat comes back the same, unchanged, different. It's it's the same for once. Whoa! So we talked about not tinkering. Yep. Um, I have ideas, but <laughs> oh, no. the issue we run into is that our, especially our, you know, our all mountain skis and powder skis last so long that you know if you buy a Billy Goat in 2015 and you know you need to refresh it, say this coming year, you know, you're three models back. Yeah. So um, people have been internally, uh, there's been some resistance for me slowing down, especially on that ski, because that's sort of my, you know, that's my forever tweaking ski. I've been thinking about that ski since college. Um, you know, and when I was in college, the the idea for the Billy Goat kind of came from I used to ski in uh, an Igneous FFF in 190 and a spatula. And it was like, well, I want... I want, you know, these skis combined and that's really where the Billy Goat has come from. Hmm. Um, going back obviously quite a ways. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, I have ideas that we'll be testing next year, but, uh, yeah, it's the same for once. <laughs> Congra- so. Congrats. Yay. Yeah. That's yeah. like a, I don't know. It's like a, some sort of breakthrough or development like for you. So, uh, yeah, way to, way to leave it alone. Yeah, I think I think it's my favorite graphic next year too. Really? Um, yeah, which is yeah, it's 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 really good. I like texture heavy graphics, and uh, it has a lot of texture on it, so it's definitely definitely one of my favorite Billy Goats in a while. Okay, um, yeah. and I should say, will will we be able to post up images of these skis in like the show notes to this episode, or are these yeah, things we'll, still okay? We'll do that. Yeah, at this point, it's time. It's we'll, time. we'll start releasing stuff. So, <clears throat> Can I say that, I mean, you guys, this is not a secret. We've said this for a lot of years. I mean, I think you guys end up doing some of the strongest graphics across the line kind of year to year. I still am on record, and I mentioned this to you recently, I think, the cease and desist from, I don't know, was it, two or three years ago that had like the big blue snake. We're back to snakes. Um, that was, I think my favorite Owen three P graphic ever. Do you, you said that this Billy goat is your favorite graphic. Is that in the current line or like your favorite Owen three P graphic ever? Uh, I, I think in next year's line. Um, I mean, honestly, I like everything next year. The one thing you have to remember is that I'm in a factory where I stare at these all day. <laughs> so anything new is a godsend. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you like all of us get so sick of looking at the graphics after a year that anything new is great. I I think probably my favorite graphic just for how it was on snow was a was like the cloud Jeffrey 114 that was. Orange. Oh, yeah, that's like, yep. I think I think for on snow look, that was the best graphic I've ever seen. Hmm. Um, you know, 
obviously like a lot of our different graphics. It's funny, last year Cease and Desist um, was our, you know, we offer custom skis. It was our number one requested custom graphic huh. outside of just the, you know, the black and white, which are obviously our two most popular variants. So, um, and this is something we've been joking about here. Like we, we don't sell a lot of Cease and Desist. And, you know, we sold out of them this year in October. Um, and sure. it's a ski, you know, do that mold, at least in previous years, we build once for the year and we don't go back. And I think this year, you know, our wait list for that ski was like 50 plus people on yeah. the wait list for that ski. And I, it's pretty much as far best I can tell, I think it's just a graphic because there's no way there's 50 people. Like, I don't think we've ever even made 50 pairs of that ski total. Huh. So, um, I think that, you know, sometimes graphics just kind of click with people. So. It's so funny. Again, the whole, you know, like people spend all this time in R and D developing skis, put a good paint job on it for the love of God. You know, don't, don't put snakes, don't put snakes, no snakes, no snakes, no snakes on the Jesse. Yeah. Um, Um, yeah, it's definitely important. hmm. So, and anyone saying otherwise is not being truthful. Mm Mm-hmm. But it does like having said that then it is kind of amazing. Like having, you know, been walking around at SIA again this year, if we're like put a good graphic on it, nail the graphic and you will move more skis. Just how many kind of uninspired graphics there are out there, you know? Um, I I don't know. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I mean, you have to factor in volume though, right? So, like, you know, we, we don't have to tailor to a hundred thousand people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we can venture out a little bit. I mean, I understand when you're, when you're doing a, a ski that, you know, you're going to sell 20, 25,000 units of, it's got to look, <laughs> it's got to work for all that, all that number of people. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I but still, yeah, a lot of stuff sucks. Yeah. A lot of stuff so. sucks. And I still think there's a way to do if you've, if you've got to do massive volume, I think there's still a way to do simple and clean that kind of works. And so, I don't know, granted, this is all incredibly subjective, but sometimes I'm just like, what, how are you possibly hoping to excite people? You know, like whatever, like I think graphics, the, the best way to approach it is probably like, if someone is interested in a particular ski, there's probably one or two other skis that are pretty similar. And I think that seems like that graphic can be the like deciding factor in terms of which one you pull the trigger on. So I don't know. I, uh, I think a lot of time and consideration should go into graphics, I guess is my punchline, but yeah, that's true. I mean, we run, you know, we run into that say on the cartels, which some people don't like because they're a little loud. Um, you know, we're actually going to be offering uh, like in stock custom variants on certain models this year, you know, our top three or four variants, uh, in stock and in black and white, um, ready to ship just cause we, you know, from a, from a production sense, if we're doing those in a row, in a group, it's not, it's pretty manageable. Um, so, and we do have a lot of people who, you know, want something different. So we have the capability to, uh, to offer that really easily. I want to talk to you cause we've never discussed this. I don't think the ON3P kids ski. 
the the Charlie Murphy. The Charlie Murphy. Why is it called the Charlie Murphy? One of my cats is named Charlie Murphy, and he's on the ski. Wait, did you say one of your cats? I have two cats. Okay, I, I'm remember really the glad. cat farm. Yeah, I'm preparing. I, I, <laughs> I'm just glad you didn't say like I have eleven cats, because then I was going to get worried. Within the realm of possibility, at some point, yeah, we, you know, I almost did a ski for both of them, um, but you know, we didn't need two kid skis, so Don, Dante <laughs> um, missed out. You have Charlie Murphy and Dante? Yeah. It makes sense if you met them. <laughs> oh my gosh. No. So, no, yeah, it I, wouldn't. I'm, I'm surprised you've never seen the Charlie Murphy graphic. I'll have to send it to you. But yeah, he's on there twice, actually. So. Okay, what should people know? Uh, 90 seconds on your kid's ski. What should people know? The edges are thick. It's built like a men, you know, it's built like our adult skis. Um, it's basically a, an 88 underfoot uh, cartel, right? So, you know, it's kind of our best selling shape just in a kid's variant. Um, you know, right now we're not park detuning them, but we're talking about it because most of the kids skiing them are skiing park. Not all, so we'll see on that front. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's 100% bamboo core thick edge and base kid ski. So if you got multiple kids and need to pass them down, they're a good option. What, plus, uh, what length? get my cat on it. Plus you get a Charlie uh, Murphy on it. What lengths? They're, they're 41 and 51. So they're, you know, they're tweener skis. They're not, uh, you know, a true kid ski. They're a teen ski. Okay. Um, you know, and, and for us, you know, we don't, we don't have the volume to, to justify really short skis. I also, I mean, you know, I'm, pretty dedicated towards materials and yeah you know i if we did a kid ski we'd have to go thinner base and edge and i just don't want to do that so yeah and by the way i assume you meant one 141 and 151 yeah sorry yeah i talk ski lengths all the time so yeah the 4151 you just made a charlie murphy snowblade yeah it's shorter than that so yeah um which maybe is actually something you should look into. We've we've talked about building a snowblade press. See, so Luke Luke beat us to it, but uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure it'll happen someday. Right, right now Magnus wants me to build a mono ski, so Ooh. I don't know which is first. Hmm. So I think just for the instagram value i'm voting heavily in favor of the magnus monoski that's where i'm leaning yeah definitely yep yep um okay so that's the charlie murphy and just by the way what's so what's the price point on a charlie murphy kid ski not not cheap for a kid ski it's 449 okay um you know it's not much cheaper to build yeah so yeah you save a little time flattening i mean your material costs aren't that different yeah um so yeah it's you know if you want them you gotta pay for it okay so there's plenty of plenty of cheap kid skis out there if that's the right fit for you so yeah which is fine um backing up for a sec the cease and desist it's uh basically a a tour flex billy goat in 124 underfoot now huh um 
And so obviously we've we've had that ridiculous cease and desist rocker profile for a long time, which mm-hmm. was great if you had the snow to use it. Um, I don't know most people that do. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, we've had uh, one of our guys, Rex Shepard, like he's been in Alaska on it. And, you know, he's probably one of the few people that can really, um, really make that shape work. So uh, it's now now in a billy goat mold, um, you know, so a lot less tip rocker, a little more, you know, we basically wanted to make the ski practical as a powder ski because it really wasn't for most skiers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so it's, you, we've adjusted the side cut. So, you know, the taper aligns with the new rocker profile. And, uh, you know, it's other than that, you know, it's basically a 124 Tour Flex Billy Goat now. Okay. So, and so it's going to have. Hopefully, s- we can actually sell some. Yeah. That sounds like a so. reasonable idea. Um, so, I'm guessing the mount point on that would be in the ballpark of like minus nine. Um, I mean, I can look for you actually. Yeah, minus nine, minus nine and a half. Okay. Something but around there. In other words, just so people know, it's not like this minus four, very progressive no. mount. Yeah. No, I mean it it's it's a wide billy goat at this point. That's yep. what it's moving to. So Um <clears throat> Speaking of Billy Goat, I like how you just keep giving me the segues here. I'm just following your lead as we, That's fine. we uh, jump through I'm the I'm along for the ride. Yeah. Um You mentioned Billy Goat. What about Super Goat? Super Goat was me getting called on my bluff and actually selling some skis, which was cool. Um, so we ha- we had been making the Super Goat for one of our free world tour athletes, um, and you know it's it's a bench. It's essentially like a really stiff one ninety three Billy Goat, and you know we had had some people on TGR who were asking about it and decided to make it. I figured we'd make about. 12 and call it good. And we've made about three times that hmm. already. And it's, uh, it's, it's a billy goat for, for guys who the, the, the 189 just doesn't have enough, enough power behind it. So it's, a uh, it's been surprising. Hmm. I, I never, you know, I, I think at the time I said I would be shocked if we sold 20 and, uh, you know, so we're, you know, it's, a uh, it's a ski we're not really going to stock per se. We'll probably do small runs here or there, but we'll keep keep building it if people keep buying it. So mm-hmm. um, it's stiff, and you know we offered it with custom top sheet, uh, choice of sidewall color, and choice of flex. Um, so three flexes, and uh, we've we've settled kind of on the middle flex. The stiff flex is the uh, what I think is the ideal for most people if you're on a ski that large and. Um, yeah, we actually have, I don't know, we just made 12 more pairs, five are already sold, and now yeah, we're going to sell more soon. Like, it should be up next week. Cool. So, yeah. Very cool. So, so we'll see. If, you know, it's the type of thing that if I guess if you bug me enough, I'll build your ski. So. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. If you bug me enough, I'll build your ski. Let's the, see. Uh, we did like a pre-order discount in the... I think the code was put up or shut up or something like that. And yep. Okay. People used it. So. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to end with me asking you about a ski you specifically requested that I not ask you about. Um, but you know, like you said, it's my show. So, um, there you go. let's talk about the St. Lucas. 
there's not not too much to say yet on the St. Lucas, other than it's a weird powder variant. Probably going to be made to order only. We're we're working on it with uh, with LSM Lucas Thumb Madison, and um, it's a you know the variant right now we're working on is one twelve underfoot. Uh, lots of convex base. Hmm. We're kind of you know doing it in a in a way we haven't done before. And the goal of the ski is to give a platform that you can land on. In you know, you're seeing a lot of guys land in butters and stuff like that now. Um, I want to be able to do that in any direction, not just sideways or forwards, hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I want to be able to take off and land supported with your weight into the ski, but at an angle. So um, that's the concept we're taking into the convexity and... Uh, you know, we uh, actually like twenty minutes before we started talking, saw the the sheet, the prototype base sheet walk in the door. So they're going to start cutting it soon. And yeah, I don't know where it goes. I don't know. I mean, who knows if it makes it to market? I don't know. Hmm. Um, but it is a weird idea we've talked about for a while, and I'm excited to uh, to see where it goes. Yeah. So, so and this is going to be. I mean, again. I know you said, let's not talk about this, but so here we are. But uh, this would be something kind of living in the like dead center mount or minus two mount, I presume. Yeah, minus two, minus three, tight radius. Um, We usually don't run elliptical on skis over 110 underfoot. Um, Given how carby we want the ski to be, we're talking about it. First prototypes are going to be just a standard by radius. Um, Yeah, I mean... It's it's going to be interesting. You know, it's kind of a softer, turnier, convex cartel variant. You know, hmm. probably, you know, the two two widths right now, we're probably trying our 112 and 122. Um, so, you know, we'll see. When you want it to not completely suck outside of powder, and when you're doing convexity in a ski that's as narrow as 112, uh, you know, you're limiting yourself on space. There's just not as much room to move. Um, you know, I think internally, most of us are skiing 116 and below on powder days now, mm-hmm. just because the rocker profiles and the flex profiles are so good that you don't really need it. Um, so I think the 112 internally is the one people are most excited for, and that's what we're that's what we're starting to prototype first. So, but uh, I don't know. We've never done convexity like this. I I would have to show you on a drawing. It's pretty weird. It's different than the, you know, the pillow fight convexity we tried or, you know, mm-hmm. what we were prototyping with back in like 2011. And, um, you know, since then we've done, we've done a couple, uh, you know, internal employee skis with this kind of convexity. So it's kind of taking that a little further now. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Getting weird. Yeah, um, basically. So, okay. Let's say, I don't know. I mean, you're doing this April release. If you guys, what if in a month or two, you feel like you nailed something? Are you going to let Lucas go ski around on this thing for a while before this goes to market? Or will you just one day it'll be like, Hey, this ski is now available some random day on the a, website. A ski like this would take, a, it's going to take a while. Um, just cause you have to test it in so many different condi- conditions before yeah. you release it. So, 
you know, if, if we were to say like hypothetically, you're like, we need to introduce a cartel 100, right? Something like that. You know, we can bring that to market really fast because we know that ski, mm-hmm. right? We know all the variables to create that ski right now. I mean, we could, you know, we can bring that ski to market in a couple of days, but, um, you know, these weirder skis, they take a while. Um, you just, you got to get them on snow and, you know, how they work for Lucas, they're going to work different for Magnus. They're going to work different for, you know, like our guys internally here. So, um, no, this, this one will be a longer project. So, okay. I mean, maybe, maybe midwinter next year. If okay. we, if, if we move quick. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that, that is kind of one of the, you know, we, we are still working with uh, a few select retail partners and, you know, they're, we're bringing them in on our schedule. So, you know, not only will we have skis start showing up in April, but some of our key dealers will too. But, um, yeah, it's, you know, we're kind of on our own schedule. So yeah. I don't know, maybe we knock it out of the park and we're like, it's ready to go. And, but, you know, that's going to be ski dependent and there's no, uh, there's no one saying we can't do something at this point. Yeah. So, well, you know, given yeah. that, given that I ski really pretty identical, I'd say to how LSM skis, you know, if, uh, if, if Lucas would like me to chime in on, on this design, I, I'm, I think I'm probably an extremely good fit to do so. And, you know, the other thing, given that I was campaigning to Magnus, when I talked to him, it was that last season, I guess, you know, that I was really think saying and, and, uh, uh, pitching the idea that the bunch needed like a pretty more traditional directional skier. I thought I could come in, step in, be that guy, you know, in the interest of diversity that, uh, maybe you guys can, you know, maybe I would ski the St. Lucas, but mounted it like minus nine. I think you'd have a bad time, <laughs> but, uh, you can do that. I, I just, I just want to, you know, I'm just trying to be helpful here. I think you, I I'm envisioning it in my head and it's pretty funny. Okay. So I think we should definitely do that. Okay. So, okay. well, you know, let those guys know. And, uh, I will. and I, I actually probably do need to make my formal pitch. Maybe I should just write a rant about the lack of, uh, diversity in the bunch and that what they really need is the directional skier who really can't butter at all. Well, you should, you should just get out there and ski with them. Get well, in the next bunch at it. They want to, you know, there's, they're working on some resort series. I mean, no reason you can't. That's right. So. That's right. Okay. Well, as soon as you have my minus nine St. Lucas ready, uh, I'll get out there with them. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. Well, hey, man, um, thanks for going over the line. I think that was. Yeah, we forgot one, one thing. What did I forget? The steeples are gone. Yeah, so are we, we're going to talk about the fact that there is no such thing as a sort of dedicated ON3P touring ski? Yeah, there's not. Um, and it's twofold. Number one, um, I hate a lot of the light core material people are using. Mm-hmm. And you know, I mean, I've, I've bitched about that for years. Yeah. Um, you know, we've tested Balsa, Polonia, and it's fine. Um, I don't want to do fine on the performance end. And then two, you know, we ran into, you know, our tour variants this year, our RES variants, and most of our, you know, 
80% of our customers are on cartels or renegades. Um, so we want to, what we're going to do this year is we're going to offer some stock tour cartels, stock tour rents, uh, stock tour billy goats, basically. So you're not, you're not set on one turn shape if you want a tour. Um, we've actually been building tour cartels for a while and a lot of people really like them. So we'll, we'll stock those or you can custom order a tour and most of our skis and then not worry about having a, de- a dedicated tour line going forward. So, okay. Which is obviously, I don't know anyone that's dropping their tour line, but we are. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I, I hear that nobody's backcountry skiing these days. So, you know, it's probably fine. Yeah, It's fine. I'm not, I'm actually not worried about it at all. So yeah. Yeah. Well folks, there you have it. I think our work here is done. No. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. Hey, thanks again for for uh, for catching up on this. And um, yeah, again, I guess people should be looking out for uh, this new stuff that we've been talking about to go on sale early April. Yep. Yeah. yeah pretty soon. Okay. Time is flying. So. Ta- time is flying. Um, well, cool. Um, talk to you again soon, and good luck with all of it. All right. Thanks. You too. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's it for this edition of Gear 30. Thanks to Scott Andrus for the conversation. And you can go to the show notes of this episode on Blister to check out all the new 1819 ON3P graphics. Thanks also, as always, to our strikingly handsome audio engineer, Justin Bob. And don't forget to subscribe to this Gear 30 podcast in iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you're enjoying these conversations, it would really warm our hearts if you just take 30 seconds and go leave us a good rating or a nice little review in iTunes, you know, just to show you care. Thanks in advance for that, and I already can't wait to share with you next week's episode because I am certain that it is going to be an entertaining one. So, till then, take care everybody, and happy skiing.